Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal back together again. It is the uh, James Bond uh, villain Saturday morning uh, outfit look-alike contest going on here. Cranach is he's got we, the we, uh, we both went the, black the, here. The, yeah. the black turtleneck yeah. I've got mine on. Elijah's at least like <laughs> you guys are well, mimes and you're weird. Um, uh, good to be with everybody. We got back in around one thirty last night as we busted Ooh. it after the Real Red Reaction Show. Uh, a pleasant drive, drive. Though. A lot of scenery. It's awesome. Yeah. It was dark. It was wonderful. A lot of windmills. Um, a lot of windmills on right. that drive. Yeah, as soon as it's, you get to Des Moines, a little bit, uh, I guess, you'd, yeah, west of that Harlan area. Yeah, quite a few windmills. It's dark. Inspiring. And it looks like there's an invasion because everything's red and blinking at you. Well, Schmidt big into the Green New Deal. Big, mm-hmm. big AOC guy. And so... <laughs> I was. I am. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just go with that this morning here. Yeah. Big AOC guy. Ilhano. You know. Yeah. Very liberal. Very, yeah. Uh, right down the middle. So you know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we don't know it. how to act after a win. Basically, is what I'm getting at. Like, we don't even know what to do. Like, what happened yesterday? How how that, how fun was that? Won. How fun was that after the fact for Nebraska fans? I mean, it was scaring the hell out of you the final oh. nine minutes because you just you felt your stomach turn. It went from twenty four like, to twenty four yeah. to seven, and then twenty four fourteen, and then oh god, here's a field goal that looked like it was going to break <laughs> right, and then hugged right in on that right upright and and then two times the defense got called to go close it out and elijah and i did the the real red reaction show last night we had good time with that that was a couple hours and that went till what about eight eight thirty something like that and i mean you're you're just sitting there going okay i mean there was some really good elements and things were were on a silver platter for nebraska yeah they Trey Palmer to Iowa with the uh, the 87-yard touchdown to get on the board. But for the most part, that game was – it felt like four years plus of the football gods' good for, fortune being returned 
to Nebraska because of the turnovers, the muffed punt. Uh, and then Nebraska made their own breaks uh, with uh, a couple of third down blitzes where they were strip sacks, right? So Nebraska forced those fumbles. Iowa had no consistency throwing the football. And, uh, I mean, it, it looked kind of like old times, if you're a Nebraska fan of a certain age, where uh, they weren't going to do anything to the Nebraska defense because it was obvious passing situations and Nebraska pinned their ears back. And really, that whole fourth quarter got after uh, the Iowa quarterback, uh, no. Padilla, because – Iowa couldn't block whoever was coming off the edge for Nebraska. And then a third time a charm for Nebraska finally to get that game-sealing interception. Uh, Whipple ball worked good enough yesterday. And you still uh, had the ugliness of running the football when they know you're going to run the football. And Nebraska couldn't run the football uh <laughs> no. whipple no. tried to call run plays but it just there was nowhere to go i don't know how many aunts uncles or, or parents or maybe yourself screamed at the tv with poor anthony grant dancing too long wow. instead of getting north south uh just but there was nowhere to go he's north looking south. For, you I, can't even blame him no, I, I know, but you can run into contact, I guess, versus trying to run well, out. So well, well, get tackled well, earlier, I guess. Yes. Like, Where I was at know. last night was like the last quarter and a half of the offense was frustrating and mm-hmm. should have been expected. Whenever Nebraska got a lead, they were going to try to run the football. And I actually credit Mark Whipple a little bit for running with the football, despite the fact that it wasn't working. Because as we mentioned yesterday in the postgame show, Nebraska won the time of possession. You got to do that to go win a, a Big mm-hmm. Ten game. Nebraska did it yesterday. That's in part to what they did the last quarter and a half. But I want to take it back to what Nebraska did for the first two and a half quarters. If you would have told me yesterday during the, the pregame show that Nebraska was going to move the ball at will for two and a half quarters against the Iowa defense, <laughs> I would have called you crazy. But they did it for a whole half. And then I'll even give them the first half of the third quarter. They were, they were helped by a muff. But Nebraska moved the ball at will against a very stingy Iowa defense. And, I mean, who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. No, no, no. That that was pretty incredible. And the fact that they did it in the air with the deep play. Mm -hmm. Iowa has not been susceptible to that all year. I wonder how much Cooper DeJean's injury factored here. Absolutely huge. Great corner. And then think about special teams, fellas. Dijon was an incredible punt returner for him too. Yeah. How many times? Yeah. How many times did did Dijon's replacement? I think it was Bruce. Let things bounce, and then not field a punt, and you'd get more yep. yardage uh, on on the roll. And I mean, Iowa was right. pinned pretty deep. They did have the one ninety yard drive for the touchdown, but yeah, I mean, between coverage and. And the punt return game, because, I mean, Palmer lit that guy up twice for two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and you know, imagine Palmer, by the way. I, I don't believe he's a he's a one. I don't think he's a one receiver, even though he's Nebraska's all-time leader in receiving yards now. Just in terms of mentality, he's not your over-the-middle guy. That's not that's not what he's great at. That's not his his mentality. But imagine if he's paired up with a Westercamp type. Right, or a or an, or an Anunwa type, like somebody that mm-hmm. goes over the middle, makes those third down catches that are traffic guy contested in traffic. 
imagine if he has that on his team, which Washington sort of played that role a little bit last night for uh, or yesterday for for Palmer. But man, it really speaks to. I mean, the fact that he got he, he's Nebraska's all time single season receiving yards leader. And he doesn't want anything to do with passes over the middle. <laughs> tells you a little bit of little bit about him, right? Like it tells you like just how dangerous he actually is, even though that part of his game is non-existent. <laughs> like what? Um pretty impressive all the way around when you when you boil it all down. There Nebraska had every reason not to show up yesterday. Right, you're going into a hostile environment. Your season's over. You're not going to a bowl game. Like it's just not happening for you this year, mathematically. Like you're mathematically done for the year. But they still show up. Iowa has does have something to play for, and then Nebraska gets aggressive offensively. You know that that's that was literally one of the best defenses in America yesterday, at home. Then Nebraska just walked right into and was like, let's go. <laughs> you know? And with nothing to play for. Absolutely nothing to play for. So that that speaks that speaks well for the job that Mickey has done to keep that team focused on the task at hand. Like, what is ahead of you right now? What is ahead of you today? What do you, what do you have to work on today versus big picture stuff? Where you know our goals are to win the the big you know the Big Ten West and conference title and national championship and bowl game and like all that stuff is out. Like what what are they playing for yesterday? It's legitimately Pride. just, but that's that's it, right? And so like and that's a tired thing to say. You know, a lot of people can say that like, oh, we're playing for pride today. Eh, okay. Am I? Well, well, how, 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 many, like, how many folks are going to go sell out for them right. and their their coaches and their teammates? You, you, dude, you don't in, know in, stood in, out in though. Today's in today's world, Mickey got them to absolutely finish it the right way. Well, not not yep. only not only did they just win, they won in all three phases of the game convincingly. Yeah. Convincingly against an Iowa defense that you don't do that. You don't go beat them on, on special teams. You don't have a cleaner game than them in the penalty department. I mean, Nebraska beat them offensively, defensively, special teams uh, from penalties. They played a cleaner football game. They beat them convincingly. And not to toot my own horn here, but what I said yesterday on the pregame show, it rang true. Nebraska, if they got a, a big play in all three phases of the game, they gave themselves a great chance to win, and they did. They got the 87-yard the bomb over the top to Trey Palmer to start the game. Defensively, you got a, ha- a couple of strip sacks that swung momentum, and then mm-hmm. you have the punt uh, to start the third quarter that gets muffed. And upon my rewatch, I was shocked because I had to watch it a couple times. Garrett Nelson was the guy who beat everybody down the field in that punt. It was the guy who huh. was making a tackle to ensure the guy who muffed the punt couldn't fall on top of it. Garrett freaking Nelson, your defensive end, is beating your gunners down the field to go make a play, and that just kind of shows how bought in this team still was that a guy who's a starter and a guy who's a defensive end, not you know, your, your track star kind of guy who's going to get down the field and cover a punt. He was the first one down there. He's the one who uh, knocks returner away from the ball. And he's the one who gives the, uh, the special teams a chance to fall on that muff punt. Like the team sold out a hundred percent. Yeah. Shane, it's not something you necessarily would have expected going into it. 
No, and he called it too, Elijah. Like like you said, you're like, yeah, you know, I think Nebraska needs to, you know, they need to do something in all three phases. But you didn't expect that they would actually do it. No. <laughs> like, I, I believe you. It's like, yeah, Elijah, yes, they do need to do that. That ain't going to happen, right? <laughs> like, I didn't think it would actually occur, um, but it did. I mean, Nebraska forcing four turnovers yesterday uh, against an Iowa deep. Like, and it could have been six, by the way, if Quentin Newsom. Can can somebody get this guy some pine tar? Like, <laughs> oh my God, he had two identical interceptions that he could have hauled in that could have sealed the game. You know, and how how many of us too going into that tail end of the game, we're just like, here we go, here we go. You, you are like, waiting for the final uh, insult, aren't you? Because uh, you you were up on Wisconsin just a week ago. You know how the first half felt against Minnesota, right? I mean, those. I mean, think about where Nebraska was at uh, in reference to who they air quote need to beat. You were up eleven to start the year. We're in Ireland, right? Yeah. You're up eleven about halfway through the third quarter before the uh, <clears throat> infamous onside. I mean, that's that's it. it was how is this going to go? <laughs> again against Nebraska where they've done so much this ball game or they've been the recipient from quite a few things this ball game man if they if they lose this i mean it's you'll 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 never ever live it down because it, it's been constant and it's been a constant thing for years with this program and not getting out of their own way and and finding a way to to make defeat a reality, but they 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 I don't know if this is okay. You know, clap your hands, dust dust your hands off if, if you're if you've got your new leaf turned over, or if it's just one moment in time uh, with Mickey and this crew at the end of a crazy, crazy, crazy season. Yeah, I, I honestly, Chris, Earl, I, buddy, lean more, I lean more Earl, towards that. Yeah. Right. J- j- just because you don't even know this, how though, many can, of these dudes are back, right? No, I know. But but those that do return, you can point to yesterday and say, we actually did finish it. We did get to the finish line and found a way to 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 hold on and win the ball game. I uh, – I look at that from a mentality standpoint. It can be really healthy to finally win one of these. Yeah. To give yourself some confidence. It's not always going to go your way, but it's sure been going against you for a long, long time in this form or fashion where you just you just find a way to step on yourself. But, but as we sit here right now, how many guys can you call out right now that you are a hundred percent confident come back next year. It, it's that's that's a short list, right? It, it, mm-hmm. It's hard to even think of who. I think maybe like Ernest Hausman. I feel pretty confident about coming back. Um, that's kind of it mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's a Nebraska guy. He's a starter. He's that's like, that's where Grimer I'd start. Probably. That's where Gifford. I. That's where I'd start. I need him coming Gifford. back for sure. Gifford's coming probably. Um. But that's that's the thing that uh, 
disconcerting is not the right word, but uncertain things are right now. And, you know, you, you finally started to see the national reporting yesterday with, mm-hmm. you know, once it makes its way on a graphic <laughs> of ESPN or something like that, that's when things get real. Like everybody's been rumoring, everybody's been talking. There's been the rumors out there about Matt Rule, of course. Um, but, you know, there started to be some kind of heavyweight national reporters mm-hmm. saying, no, no, no contract negotiations are basically on the five yard line and they're about to punch this thing in Matt rule to Nebraska, you know, that that's all occurring after Nebraska gets the W over, over Iowa. Um, and then what does that mean for Mickey Joseph? What does that mean for that staff that I, I think got quite a bit out of this team? No, oh, it's really trying circumstances speaks highly of Mickey obviously you would hope he has a place on Matt Rule's staff if indeed Matt Rule is announced which could come what Chris from what you're you're hearing as soon as today is that is that what you're hearing yeah. as soon as yeah. today around I mean, it, noon it, it, it yeah it could be um what's the turnaround like, why would you not announce that during Michigan-Ohio State? I I think it's, you know, you have that, – that's that's going to be the most watched college football game of the entire year, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, is there any debate about that? Like, it's, it's going to be – going to have by far the most eyeballs. I think it'd be really cool to, uh, to have Matt Rule in uh, Columbus on the right? set of Big Noon Kickoff. <laughs> I mean, do it that way. I don't know to, if yeah. they do that, but they'd spend time talking about it. I mean, I we're driving Easily. back last night, and some of the folks that, that we know nationally were texting, saying, hey, Rule's going to be a really solid hire for you guys. You know, folks that are friends of the show that are national people saying, hey, is, you know, and I'm like, look, it's it's ongoing. Just to give you a quick update on on Nebraska and Matt Rule, um, about the time we were signing off to o'clock or a little after, you had Pete Thamel report uh, that the final stages of negotiations are happening. Chris Lowe's been uh, in on this. Uh, Bruce Feldman and Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, of course, Mitch, a friend of the show, that uh, an offer extended, a uh, formal offer extended by Trev Alberts, and Elijah, you were all over the the Carolina Panther element to this. Uh, rules owed thirty four million dollars by Carolina, so you have their owner that wants to make sure that Nebraska is not going to go uh, cheap on these first four years. So the majority of uh, the payday is is on Carolina's bar tab here so there's still some working parts and pieces but i would think you would get your announcement today nebraska's good at rule he's been their guy trev's i think come back to rule uh and that's been pretty prevalent in a couple of these national reports so uh trev's uh, found his guy and listen if (laughs) if you have a chance to go get fickle which I don't know that you do to get him out of Ohio, 
that's an absolutely on a wish list. But I think Matt Rule's just incredible. But to your point, Mark, and Elijah, I know you've echoed this. I mean, you have some really nice options. Matt Rule's prided himself on really good hires at Temple and at Baylor. And the thing that is super cool about what he did at Baylor is he went into a, 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 a strange land. A New Yorker that played ball at Penn State that was in Philly went to Waco <laughs> and, yeah. and made some really good hires in the state of Texas, some high school hires uh, that are still now uh, doing really good things, specifically as the coordinator's head coach at Texas Tech. Rules smart enough to know what he doesn't know when it came to his hires in the region he's in. And you've got a couple of guys in Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush that are just studs that that need to be on this staff because they're really good at what they do, but they know the place you're going to. Yeah. Yeah, there's man, there's a lot in there. And this isn't to say, by the way, like when we're talking about that and when we're talking about rules, accomplishments, and accolades, that doesn't mean it's an endorsement. And that you were sitting here saying it's going to work, Big Ten West we champs, have no national idea. champs, playoffs. We have no here idea we if it's going to work. Like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know it's, it's, any of those things. It's supposed to work <laughs> based right. off of his track you know, record. But I just want to make that clear. Like, So as we're talking about rule, it doesn't mean that we're stumping for him as much as it is like, okay, this it's is a guy happen. that is getting the job. Here are the accolades that precede him. Here are his strengths. Here's why it could work. But we don't know if it will. <laughs> right? I just, I just want to make that abundantly clear because, you know, as you now enter your – God, since Solich, what is this? Callahan, Polini, Riley, Frost. So it's, it's your fifth attempt since Solich, right? Like, so – I don't think anybody's sitting here under any illusion that, oh, this is the one, right? Because, you know, when Frost was hired, it was like, God, if this doesn't work out, shut down the program. It's not going to work. If he can't do it, no one can, right? That was the conventional wisdom. Even people in the program said that. I mean, yeah, because of bringing in a guy who knew how the sausage was made, and it was – not good, and you had to move on, and here you are. Now, what you've gotten out of this season, as much as some of you wanted the season to end because of how painful it was or, you know, it, the the transition part, I mean, th- this is impressive. Four and eight's four and eight, but, man, think of the, 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 the jump in your step a little bit if you're a Nebraska fan, because you get a win over Iowa, you end the streak 2014, for the love of God. It's a long time. You get the win, and then maybe you get a guy that's been a proven builder and winner with his last two stops in college. I mean, it could get could be a really good weekend, going from a feel-good moment to a really good weekend. Yeah, and then Beyond. retention becomes a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to wonder how many – because, look, the, the transfer rules are already very liberal, 
you know, and you can kind of go wherever. They're especially liberal at a program enduring a coaching change. Basically, everybody can bounce if they want. Like pretty much every without penalty, every single player on the roster can go. You know how that with you know no how penalty. You keep that from happening. You, you hire Mickey. <laughs> it would help. You give Mo, give Mickey a, a a couple wheelbarrows full of money to be your your recruiting ace and your associate head coach, and that locker room loves him big time. Same with Bush. Those are your first two hires. End of discussion. I mean, it would help, but let's keep in mind also that Jeff Nixon is is a guy that has been pretty loyal to Rule. Uh, I believe he was the offensive coordinator at Carolina most recently. That's the father of Will Nixon. Remember him? The transferred out, but yeah. Uh-huh. Small remember, world. Remember really? Will Nixon? Really? Yeah, it really is. Uh, but you know that—that's a guy that I, be, yeah, I, I don't know this for sure, but I, I believe he coached receivers, coached running backs, offensive coordinator. So, th- so that's a that's a guy that has been loyal. He's been loyal to Matt Rule. That is like probably figures into the mix, and then who knows? Maybe Will Nixon transfers back to play for Dad. <laughs> like you have no idea. It's you know the it, it's just going to be really interesting to see. Once rule is installed, who stays and then who gets added to the mix? This time last year, nobody was talking about Trey Palmer. Nobody was talking about Casey Thompson. Nobody was talking about Anthony Grant. Right? Like, it was just, like they, they were just weren't even coming out. Of, the words were not coming out of our mouths. Like we didn't even know. And then lo and behold, those end up becoming Nebraska's nucleus on offense. Like dudes that we have never spoken of ever <laughs> that did not grow up here, that did not develop within the Nebraska program by any stretch. Entirely new names. I think you can expect that a little bit with Matt Rule too, right? I think there are going to be people that we're not even discussing. And here's the other thing. Are we ready for – now there, there are different situations Temple and Baylor were – the Matt Rule's first years were bad at both of those programs in terms of just wins losses. I think I think he was like two and ten at Temple and like two and ten at one, Baylor. One, right? one and eleven. One and eleven. One and eleven. Okay, thank you. Sorry. I can I can I say this though? Yeah. You, your Baylor situation though was a mess. It, it is is much transition and as big a reality as the portal is now. I mean, it's you're, you're inheriting four and eight. You you've inherited a team that's not lived up to their talent billing or or achieved uh, what they're supposed to achieve on the field. Right? They, they've Nebraska. You look at the games that would have, could have, should have. Right? You, you, you're at least six and six this year. Not four and eight. Easily. Yeah. So that's that's, that's the fix. This it's not a Title IX sexual assault scandal you're you're inheriting. And then Temple uh Temple's Temple. You, Temple's Temple, you were down. <laughs> Al Golden was out the door and the nine win seasons were not happening anymore. So it, it's it's way different. Totally agree with you. 
but it's, but, but but it's I'll, I'll also add I'll also add the, the difference in this rebuild now also is the prevalence of the transfer portal and, and while yeah. there is the worrisome case of guys entering the transfer portal from Nebraska's side there's also the other side where now you have Matt Rule and potentially a lot of momentum behind this Nebraska team this offseason with I mean, let's be honest, there's going to be hype. No matter who is announced as head coach, there's going to be hype around it because it's Nebraska. Of course. There's going to be hype, and Matt Rule's going to be able to utilize that transfer portal like he hasn't at both Temple and at Baylor. And I'm not saying it means Nebraska's going to be able to go Michigan State from two years ago and turn it around in an offseason, but I think it means the cabinet might not be as bare for a guy like Matt Rule with what he could be coaching up on his roster next season. It you might not be a bare shopping. Cabinet. You can go shop yeah. and fill that cabinet. <laughs> well, and how many how many people want to get? It, it depends on how dramatic and drastic he wants to be when he shows up, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you go back to the Solich Callahan trans transition, it was a drastic change in what Callahan and that program was looking for in terms of body types, skill sets. They just didn't flat out exist on the roster at the time like nebraska was a a run-based option style offense transitioning to the west coast offense like just so there are a lot of pieces that did not fit and there were a lot of dudes that were not okay with it that was a less liberal transfer portal era (laughs) right there wasn't even such thing as a portal like but the, the roster got turned over quite a bit whereas i think this time I don't think Rule has something so drastic, some sort of signature, some sort of calling card to where he looks at this roster and is like, oh, half these guys got to go. Or there's no place for these guys. I think he comes in and I think retention is actually going to be something that he's keen to do. Because I think he's going to see a team of fairly versatile players. You know? Like... If if you're Matt Rule and you're stepping into this, I I just I just don't know how much you have to clean house because you're bringing in this wholesale change. That that sometimes that does happen within coaching transitions. I, I don't think this is one of those though. I don't I don't I, I just I think he's going to be moderately impressed with what he inherits, and then he's going to try to augment it. There are going to be cats that leave. There's no question about it. Matt Matt Rule is. We'll, we'll all get used to it. There, he's dude. He's he's kind of an. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad he's. The, I think he's the ceiling of what Nebraska can get. I truly do. He's kind of an eye roller sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. He's dude. He's a, like a. He reminds you of sort of like a Baptist minister that is just like always selling. Like he's a public speaker type. He's. Just watch his AFCA coaching convention speech, and you're just sort of like, okay, all right, dude. Like he's a bit much, but it's okay. I, you know, that that could be very successful in college. I'm just saying, Nebraska has not had a coach like him ever. You can see why. <laughs> just wait, just wait till you hear this dude. Like <laughs> you can, you, you he can, loves him some him. You, you can see why it flipped in the NFL because that personality, uh, if you're not winning. Guys aren't going to want to hear it in the NFL locker room. It's like Russell Wilson. When you're winning, Russell Wilson's personality is fine. Whenever you're losing, Russell Wilson's personality is absolutely abrasive. Yeah. Let's ride. Yeah. Let's ride. Like, Like, if if the Broncos are winning this year, I'm saying let's ride. But whenever they're losing, I go, this guy. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's uh, look. Listen, <laughs> he's kind. I'm just saying, he's he's kind of cheesy. He's sort of like PJ Fleck light. I think that's maybe. Uh, so he's not as intense as Fleck. He doesn't have like. He's not a used car salesman. He's a new car salesman. Hey, put him in the new lot. Yeah, <laughs> and he's not. And he's not like Fleck where he's. You know he. I don't think he has branded stickers or anything like that. You know, I don't think he's rolling up with a suitcase full of like branded. Can he koozies. bring me an offensive line and running game like PJ Fleck has? I don't think he's trying to. Right, I don't think he's trying to put a tagline underneath the M. You know, he's not that. He's not that hardcore. But he's a different cat, man. Nebraska has not had a guy like him. He's also, let's be honest, and he hasn't even started here yet. He's a short timer. You know, he spent three years at Temple, three years at, at, at Baylor, two and a half at Carolina. Like, is he even going to be here a while? So, I, I'm just not saying. Not worried. Let's not, first let's things not first, a, fix it. Let's not make a comic book for him. All right, can we can we agree on that? <laughs> and can we chill on the shirts? Are we are, are we really going to have the shirt like Foster's rule? My bow friend's back. Like, can we stop? I I don't know. Are we going to do that? Are we going to have, like, new rules? <laughs> or Doyle rules. <laughs> right. Like, can we just let him be a coach? Like, do we have to make shirts for him and stuff? Uh, there's still people know. walking around with, you know, frost, frost effect license plates, for God's sake. My brother still has <laughs> his riled up shirt from whenever Mike Riley got hired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> can we stop with the shirts? Like... Back in the day, let's be honest, mid, you know, mid-90s, there was never, there was no, nobody was wearing T.O. shirts. There was no Osborne shirts. Well, you can't really do fun, yeah, any fun was. play on words with Osborne, though. Yeah. Early, early 90s, there were the Air Aussie t-shirts. If Nebraska, had, like, passed for 100, 100 yards, you got a buck okay. off your runs or something. So, yeah, like the fun joking shirts. Yeah, yeah. those were Look, he's throwing the ball. <laughs> Air Osborne. Okay, sure. Like that that makes some sense. But like frost warning, frost effect, my bow friend's back. What about the uh, was there anything with Callahan? Oh, that was when like the Corn Coast offense shirts yeah, Corn came Coast, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, we're running the West Coast offense, but we don't have a coast, get it? So we're gonna. <laughs> uh, so I don't it's know. Mark... As soon as today, we could hear something, though. Is that right? Yeah, that's the the thought. And of course, keep it tuned to ESPN Lincoln and, and Hale Varsity. Well, I've been uh, I've been we'll break the, in the flight tracker coverage. all morning. The flight tracker all morning. I've been checking. We know exactly where Matt Rule is. He tweeted last night: "Beautiful night in Cape May." which is in New Jersey. I've been checking both Epley and Lincoln. We don't have any flights coming from Cape May just yet, at least not scheduled for today. Huh. Just well, yet. What's he doing in Cape May? Is that where he's from? It's uh, like It appears to be about 45 minutes to the southeast of Philly. So, Okay. So Yeah, he's a northeast guy. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska is getting a guy that is connected in the northeast and connected in Texas. From a recruiting standpoint... Yes. Not bad. Nebraska's yeah. had pretty good success historically in both those locations. So that works. He, he's going to fit also. We were so overdue for a break. I know you keep trying to send us to a break, Chris. I'm sorry. You're good. Well, well do we want to do we want to listen to the uh, the interviews? Or do you just want to keep on rolling? We're going to take a break and keep on talking to roll. 
I mean, we let's take a let's take a break. Uh, can we squeeze in Mickey before the uh, eight o'clock or no? It, I'm, I'm good with whatever. We, we can go one of the two. We can either squeeze in Mickey. We got time for that, or we can keep on talking rules. Up to you. Well, let's take show. a quick timeout. We'll come back. Keep talking rule. As it's the weekend edition at Tail Varsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. More thoughts on the uh, impending rule hire. That's the uh, the feel this morning. Uh, you're smiling about a win over Iowa in dramatic fashion, 24-17. And Nebraska held on and got to the finish line. Brandon Vogel's with us in 20 minutes. Gary Sharp joins us. So. Hang tight. Quick timeout is we've gone filibuster this morning. It's all right. And uh, holiday weekend and could be uh, a, a good weekend for Nebraska here beyond uh, just the win yesterday with uh, their coaching future decided uh, maybe today, maybe an announcement today, maybe a gathering tomorrow. Hail Varsity Weekend continues presented by Currency. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back with you, it's Weekend Edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Elijah Herbal Weekend Edition. So we'll have you up to date and informed and plenty of reaction if and when a hiring announcement comes today with Nebraska football. Full coverage across many of our platforms and, of course, with ESPN Lincoln, ESPNLincoln.com and Hale Varsity Radio Twitter as well. And uh, spent plenty of time here, half uh, this first hour, Anyway, reacting to the win, oh, yeah, there's a game. Oh, yes, there's a streak that got stopped. And, oh, yes, what a finish for this football team and these coaches that have had interim uh, in front of their name. And uh, standing over Mickey Joseph and the kids yesterday with uh, what they've endured this season and how they uh, they finished the job the right way. Uh, is it the Matt Rule era? Time will tell with that, but it's uh, it's a potential hire. Yes, right? that is like, you can a- say that, right? I mean, we're, we're basically the first show on mm-hmm. since the win yesterday. We were can the last we sit show here and confidently the show say? On. <laughs> <laughs> we were can, the last we show confident- off last night and the first show on this morning. Well, that's what I'm saying is, you know, of course, there's last night, there's the post game and there's some talk of it. But this is the first show, mm-hmm. fresh new day. Everybody, you know, got a good night's sleep. Are we confident in sitting sort of. here and reporting that Matt Rule is the 
34th head coach at the University of Nebraska. I don't even know what number he would be. I, well, I, well, I, I am I am not because there's been there's been no announcement. I've had no notification that it's the ink's dry. I would okay. say if well, it's if it's not rule if it's not rule I would be surprised but not shocked. That's where I'm at. If there is a, a last minute change and, and something were to flip, I'd be I'd be surprised. I'd look at that and I'd go, oh wow. But I would not be sitting here like, oh, what happened? Like not completely shocked if that were to happen, just because it's not across the finish line. I should have said. So are we ready to report then that Mike Riley makes his triumphant return, fresh off his coach of the just year no. in the USFL? No. no. <laughs> okay. So that's not happening. How about Bill? Ca- is Bill Callahan going to make his triumphant return as offensive line coach under Matt Rule? How about Bo Pelini, who is currently not coaching anywhere? How about Frank Solich, who retired recently from Ohio? How about Scott Frost? Is it just sort of like, okay, we had to fire you, but let's try this again? So no. none of those guys, huh? Never okay, try so, that again. No, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, truthfully, at this point, Matt Rule has appeared on graphics at ESPN now. You don't make graphics out of nothing. You don't make graphics based on rumor. Like, they, those don't happen. Like, those, that's when it transitions into something that's a little more real. When you're showing up on the bottom line and it's like Nebraska negotiate. Like, it's happening, right? Are we confident in saying that Matt Rule, in the next couple days, we don't know if it's at noon today or noon tomorrow, we don't have a specific time, but are we confident in saying that Matt Rule is the next head coach at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln? I, I think that's, that. that's the way the wind's blowing. I'm confident in saying that some of the national reports uh, that, that indicate the two sides are working on finalizing a deal in the yep. coming days, I think that's accurate. Now, okay. what what – what roadblocks that deal? ESPN senior writer Chris Lowe reporting this. Bruce Feldman, uh, Hale Varsity's Brady Altman has reached out to people in the rule camp uh, waiting to hear back confirmation. I mean, it really comes down to money in Carolina because seven years, $62 million, you're owed 40 by Carolina. And part of that is um, offset by with whatever contract Nebraska agrees to. So and Carolina has an interest in seeing as Nebraska much of that $40 more. million evaporate as possible. Because mm-hmm. they're on the By making it. sure that you're paying the fair first market value for a coach Four like years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you're Nebraska, getting... though, you're like, slow down. Let's not act like this guy is the second coming. After all, you just fired him. So <laughs> settle down, right? Like, he, you know what I mean? I, I don't see that as being a huge sticking point. Carolina has no room to talk. They just, they just fired the guy. <laughs> so don't, don't at the same time try to argue that he's worth, you know, trillions of dollars when, in your opinion – he wasn't worth coaching your team, right? So I don't I don't see that as being a huge sticking point for Nebraska. I, I think it's all 
They might have well, went to it, bed last night with two percent. It could be because out, they're going to figure it out today. They're going to figure it, it out. If today, say opinion. say the numbers nine or ten million dollars combined, okay. Say say that's the com- combined number, okay. You mean like rules with incentives getting, and right rules getting eight and a half million dollars to just do nothing, but he's got to seek work at some point. You got a four-year window that you're going to offset, and then after that four-year window expires, you're still going to have presumably three or more years that Nebraska owes or takes over the majority of the old mortgage payment. How much do you get if you're Nebraska? How much do you feel comfortable handing out if you're Carolina to total the full yearly amount of anywhere between 8 and $10 million? And your assistance pool, hour two coming up with Hale Varsity. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, weekend edition. It's Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment Financing needs go currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. We welcome in author Brandon Vogel. And uh, what uh, a day yesterday. If you're a Nebraska fan, you, you end the losing streak to Iowa. The process of Matt Rule inches closer to uh, potentially uh an announcement Husker volleyball uh, just uh, a tough one last night against Wisconsin so a whole second hour to, to dive into it and can find Brandon on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel he's nestled into his football office again so is, is uh, we, we've asked a hundred times about the football to your left ear is, is that the, the game ball from Iowa did that get shipped overnight to you yeah, Mickey sent it to me. He thought I really did a good job this year and uh, really earned it from here in my football office. I mean, you guys see me in here a lot, so I've really put in the hours. Uh, is there a cot to your left? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not a bad idea. Mark, I think your mic is muted. Well, that's stupid. Now it's not. Because uh, mm-hmm. here's the thing. On the radio... When you're muted, eh, you're kind of neutered at that point. So this is a little bit. Went ahead and turned that thing on. And we will definitely get into Matt Rule, what it all means, Brandon, for sure. Um, But let's start with yesterday. Let's start with the game. Nebraska, Iowa, 
and you know it's 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 so interesting because i i would just they they don't give up big plays and i know when you dive into the stats i'm sure you saw that that you know they don't they don't give up big plays how much of yesterday was a direct result of cooper dijon not being a part of the you know leaving with an injury early how much of it was like literally just that <laughs> and Nebraska taking full advantage of Iowa losing probably their best defensive player. I think it was, it was a significant part of it. You know, <laughs> Nebraska came out. So this Iowa defense, very typical of Iowa, pretty solid all around. As you mentioned, like the one thing that an Iowa defense almost never does is, is give up those explosive plays. But looking at this particular group, it's not that they were, you know, getting gashed on the ground all season long, but comparatively speaking, like if you had to pick your poison, you'd, you'd try and run at Iowa rather than throw at them. Nebraska came out right away through, I think, on eight of its first nine plays. Uh, that 87-yard touchdown to, to Trey Palmer really, you know, didn't just give Nebraska a lead, but kind of flipped that game on its head. Chris and I were texting at the start of that drive, and I was very skeptical. I was like, oh, this is like classic Iowa stuff. You, you punt it down to the 13, force three and out, and then you're at midfield, and on and on it goes. Nebraska took a shot. Uh, Mickey, you know, I thought it was interesting, Mickey Joseph at halftime on the TV broadcast said basically, we've got a matchup we like with, with Trey Palmer. And and that was kind of shades of the Purdue game a little bit where mm-hmm. I think they just had a guy who who was better than the people that were across from him. And you don't get that often in, in the Big Ten. And even in, in against a team like Iowa, team-wise, they're usually able to to take advantage of that or limit those those edges that you sometimes see. So ton of credit to Nebraska for, for making it happen early and, uh, and hanging on this time. Well, Brendan – Nebraska's been able to get the big play this year. That hasn't been a huge problem for their offense, aside from the, the games that Casey Thompson was out for. What they've struggled with all year long is time of possession, yet yesterday Nebraska goes and beats Iowa, of all teams in the Big Ten, in time of possession. Who saw that coming? I mean, there's so many things from yesterday where I, where I say, who saw that coming? But that's the number one thing I keep coming back to, where I even looked post-game and I said, Oh wow, Nebraska did win time of possession. That's that was shocking to me. I was it was unbelievable. What was your reaction to Nebraska going and beating the Iowa freaking Hawkeyes in time of possession who have a head coach that think that's thinks that's the most important offensive stat? Yeah, pretty pretty crazy because, you know, over there since that Illinois game, Nebraska's had the football for like a third a third of that total time. And and here they were able to flip it. They like you know, the offense was able to stay on the field a little bit longer a couple of times when you look back at the, the past month, that could have that could have changed a couple of those games, um, at least made it a little bit more tilted towards Nebraska. And then the other big thing, like as tough as it is to beat Iowa in time of possession, it, it might be even harder to beat them in field position. Mm. And and Nebraska did that too, thanks to thanks to turnovers, of course. Uh, but hey, that's that's what it takes. That's that's the biggest way, you know, even bigger than special teams to to kind of flip field position. Brandon Vogel's with this weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, and Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, uh, managing editor. Vogues, what did uh, yesterday 
mean and say to you, big picture, uh, with Mickey and, and this team? Can you put into words, and I know you did with your column, com, but just overall, I mean, this is the game that comes down to mistakes. This this is the game that comes down to, to opportunity and cashing in on it. And in a season and really era in which Nebraska hasn't or didn't do more times than not in a one-score game on the road against Mr. The, the, the poster child of conservative football, but... Man, they just don't beat themselves, Nebraska, out Iowa at Iowa in, in that instance. But uh, a thought from you on just, uh, I guess, this the, the, the pep yesterday uh, brought to a starving state and fan base. Yeah, I was, I was really happy for, for Mickey Joseph and the team. I think since he, he took over, um, like Nebraska's warts were pretty apparent to, to everyone. Like it was a flawed team and it was going to be tough. Once you got past the, the Indiana Rutgers stretch, we all knew that we knew that back in January of last year, you know, just looking at the schedule. But I, I thought Nebraska was really making some steps towards kind of playing on the big tense terms for, for, I guess, lack of a better phrase, you know, it, you look at the the Illinois game, kind of for a while beaten Illinois at its own game. Uh, same with Minnesota, Michigan. Michigan's just one of the best teams in the country. That one was was no contest. But then again with Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska was kind of it was getting closer to winning in the ugly fashion, I guess that sometimes the Big Ten requires. Maybe a lot of time the Big Ten requires, and to finally get it on the last game of the season, you know. Didn't do anything except change the win total from three to four. Uh, but you ended that Iowa streak. I mean, I talked about this on the podcast, like leading into the game. You know, this felt like an ending of this this present Nebraska era. And, and it was that. But it almost, getting the win there almost kind of felt like beginning. Um, plus mm-hmm. the reports of, of, of Matt Rule that emerged shortly before kickoff, I think, contributed to that. Well, and... You, you look at Nebraska in the in the box score, and they they ran it thirty five times. They only got fifty one yards. <laughs> when you include sack total, like, but the the fact, the, but honestly, the fact that they stuck with it and still tried, even though it wasn't being successful, I, I mean that helps milk the clock and preserve the the W for Nebraska, right? And so, and so I, I give. Whipple some credit for for doing that right like just of not just saying ah we can't run it so we're gonna we're gonna throw every down he saw the value Nebraska saw the value and it doesn't matter whether or not we're successful (laughs) running the ball like of of course that would be great but even if we're not that we want to milk the clock we want to protect our defense right It, it felt like that was the first game all year where that mentality uh, was present. And I honestly, that's, that's one of the reasons why Nebraska won yesterday. It wasn't because they ran for a bunch of yards. It was because they committed to doing it and milking the clock. 
they did. I think that's that's a good point. Getting the the early lead uh, helps with that a little bit. But you know, it, it also seemed, particularly on that that opening drive, which I think was uh, kind of set the stage for some of the things that came later. Well, we also saw Nebraska go to the quick passing game to a degree that you know I I frequently thought uh, over the past couple of weeks they would need to do just because they were struggling to run the ball so much. Um, and didn't do it to the degree that they did um, against this Iowa defense. So all in all, I think that, you know, I, I, it's tough to look at the plan Nebraska had offensively and find much, much issue with it from, from my perspective. Brady, we got to get to Matt Rule here in just a second, but one last thought on the game last night. Did last night feel to you like it felt to me, which is how I was feeling last night. I said it on the, the reaction show was it felt like the, the start of a new era. Last night kind of felt like the nail in the coffin to the Scott Frost era. And I know it's been nine games of Mickey Joseph, but for about, what half those games, Nebraska has been plagued by some of the same issues that they've seen over the past couple seasons under Frost. But last night was different where you had. I mean, Nebraska winning the turnover battle, Nebraska winning time of possession. It, it didn't feel like everything that could go wrong was going wrong for Nebraska. Did last night also feel to you like the final nail in the coffin to Scott Frost, the, the start of a new era for this Husker football team? Yeah, it did. And, you know, I, I didn't know if that would necessarily be the case. Um, and, and it wasn't just, I think, winning. It was, you know, <laughs> I almost climbed back in it, got within, well, got within one score and, to, to like withstand that, to, to beat that back finally after for so long, you know, well, I mean, a lot of the Scott Frost era in Nebraska was, was trying to get back into games and did a pretty good job of that. But we've also seen, you know, instances where adversity hits and, and the whole thing crumbles and the whole thing didn't crumble last yesterday. Yeah. And I, I do find that to be, you know, Hopefully, you, if you're Nebraska, you can take that and, and use it uh, as a little bit of momentum as you move into the offseason. And, of course, uh, you're going to have a new head coach, uh, so it seems. And, and, and that'll help with that as well. Brandon Vogels with us. Vogels, let's talk about Nebraska, Matt Rule, what uh, we're hearing at Hale Varsity, and what's what's your feel announcement, uh, where where – Trev and the crew, it feels like, uh, are in, in the red zone. <laughs> Maybe they're inside the five, but uh, kind of update us from uh, from Hale Varsity's perspective here on this uh, pending hire. Yeah, so I don't think, um, you know, as of this morning that the deal is, is done done. But like you said, I think we're it's first and goal. So even inside the red zone, we're, we're, it seems like we're inside the 10 based on, you know, everything we were hearing yesterday. And of course, you know, the national reports kind of emerged before kickoff. And so at this point, I think it would be a surprise if something fell apart and that wasn't where, where Nebraska was headed. And under the assumption that it is, um, you know, Trev has said said it right away that he didn't care about winning the press conference. But if if Rule is Nebraska's next head coach, I think it's it's a hire that gets people's gets people's attention, which you know doesn't make it good on its own. But it's nice, um, I guess, if you're if you're a Nebraska fan to to get to bask in that a little bit. And you know, Matt Rule, like any of these candidates, 
like there's going to be there's going to be good parts to their resume and there's going to be parts that give you a little bit of pause um the thing that intrigues me about matt rule is i think he really has built his football programs at, at the college level at least on kind of a human level which like we can talk x's and o's and schemes and scheme and recruiting and and all of that stuff and it's all really really important but at the end of the day winning consistently is about kind of just forging strong human connections amongst a group of guys that changes every every year um and i think rules track record there is is pretty encouraging yeah and that, and brandon it's a it's a great point that you zeroed in on there um and you know J- jeff writes in on the stream you know i hope matt rule is as great as the media says he is or nebraska fans will turn on him you know we will trev wanted a big hire this wasn't that big there, there there's a portion of the fan base and jeff thanks for the comment there that you know um that maybe thinks in that way and i think as we talk here you know it's it's not like we're sitting here endorsing matt rule as the second coming right but but if he is the guy it's on us to talk about what he brings to the table whether or not it works it's a whole another discussion we don't know <laughs> if it's going to work but I think you nailed it, Brandon. The, the the thing that makes him unique and the thing that has given him success is he does appear to really invest in his players and his roster, having their back. And then also, I, I think on top of it, on the football side of things, that I think is going to f- pair really well with Nebraska, is he is on record – talking about hitting in practice and i know that seems like some sort of like somewhat minute detail and it's like of course you should hit in practice but he really believes in that right like he really believes in like no 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 we're not going he he doesn't want to go half pads ever he wants to go full pads he wants to hit regularly (laughs) and like that mentality is going to pair pretty well here don't you think I, I do think so. Um, you know, on, on the heels of Black Friday, it sends me back to to Mark Banker uh, talking about Iowa's practices must be a bloodbath, and you know the implication there was that Nebraska's were not. And I think you know, based on based on results, really since that moment, uh, it doesn't seem like that has changed a whole lot. And you know, it's it's one of those things where some you know people do it. A bunch of different ways i would say in the big 10 you've really got to lean into the physicality piece of it yep. and i think even you know forget the big 10 for a second just nebraska like where they're at the type of football yep. you have to play yep. in the midwest basically is is always going to be come down a lot to just being physical um yep. you know tom osborne was a great x's and o's offensive coach but what you know what do we remember about those teams as much as the offense i think it's the physicality on on both sides of the football and that was that was the case with baylor you know baylor was was a team that uh with art bryles and, and kendall bryles had kind of the the offense of the moment and it took rule a couple of seasons to get it turned around but turned that into kind of a a, a more physical team and it's something dave Aranda, you know, has been able to to maintain with the Bears. 
Brandon Vogel's with us here on a Saturday morning edition, Hale Varsity Radio, as we talk Nebraska, Iowa, and Matt Rule. And, and Vogel, this is a question I asked you a couple weeks ago before we knew a name, but now that it, it seems the writing is on the wall that Matt Rule is going to be the next head coach at Nebraska, mm-hmm. and obviously still see it across the finish line, but let, let's assume that is the case. What is the time frame that you think Matt Rule has to get this thing right here at Nebraska? Scott Frost, whenever he got hired, the common assumption was five years. Five years, he's got to turn it around. If he can't do it then, then he's going to be out. What's Matt Rule's time frame, do you think? I expect him to get a long contract as sort of a public display that uh, Nebraska and Trev Alberts are in this for the long haul. That said, um, realistically speaking, like I think you got to show progress in two years. I think that's where college football is at now. Um, and that may seem unfair, um, but it's just – it's kind of where where things go. Uh, it used to be that you know you're not going to fire a guy after two years, but now now we're starting to see it happen more and more often. Um, and certainly, you know, by year three, I think you've got to show something. And you know, to to the the commenter earlier talking about media uh, hi- hyping up rule, like I don't think anyone is setting out to do this, uh, like covering an individual college football team is always sort of the hero's journey. Like if Nebraska loses a game, it's, well, Nebraska did this and you almost forget about the, the opponent coaches are like that too. Um, and, and people want to be excited about the new hire. And I don't think in any of our discussions about Matt rule, we've kind of ignored the fact that, Oh, Hey, you know, we've talked about the fact that, that, that turnaround to Baylor came without any wins against ranked teams, which seems like a tiny detail, but, Hey, you, you note it. Um, and the, those sorts of things do, do, do emerge. Like any hire can work. Any hire can also fail. Um, it really is. It really is a hard thing to do to pick a coach and say, well, we got the coach guaranteed this, this works out. Somebody on our YouTube page called, called rule Bo Pelini 2.0. And I'm like, that might be right actually. Um, but at this stage, would you take nine wins every year and, and that brand of football? Um, I think you would. And and if, you know, you run into a situation where you kind of top out there, well, then the cycle starts over again of, well, you, who can you go get to get you over that hump? Brandon Vogel's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. And Vogue's a thought here with the rule and Mickey Joseph dynamic. It's been well documented just how much control Matt Rule wants and and has with his football programs at Temple, at Baylor, and personality-wise, it wasn't a fit in the NFL, and, and that's okay. There's plenty of examples of college coaches that just their personality didn't fit in a pro locker room. But this dynamic here of, okay, what, what, do you, what do you lose beyond the obvious if Mickey's not part of your staff? Have you let your mind kind of drift there with, okay, the, the feels like a no-brainer to us that have been around Mickey and seen what he's done to keep him and a guy like Bill Bush. But a guy like Rule's always kind of been – the decider with who and how he wants to go, uh, you know, start this project. And 
what what do you think happens with with that staff? I mean, he went and hired some of the best high school guys in Texas to join him in Baylor. Uh, it, it would seem that Mickey and Bush specifically are two Nebraska guys that are great recruiters. Uh, where it wouldn't be that big a leap to say no, they're 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 coming with me. They're 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 being retained. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the elephant that I'm interested in here moving forward. Once this ink dries and there's an announcement, clearly. Yeah, I think with any new hire, I always assume nobody's coming back um, because I mean, I think you got to you got to give the the new coach that freedom to do that. That said. Um, with with Matt Rule at Baylor, you mentioned he made some really strategic hires with Texas guys to kind of fill in the gaps that he didn't bring with him as, as an East Coast guy. That said, a lot of that Baylor staff came with him, uh, and and they were pretty hardcore East Coast guys in terms of where they'd been, where they played, where they coached. Um, so I think I think Rule gives probably gives Mickey Joseph and presumably Bill Bush the best shot of, of being retained. That said, I, I don't take it for granted that they, they will be. Um, it's just, it's tough, but Mickey's, you know, really proven his value in basically 11 months as a coach at, at Nebraska. And I would expect that to, to be pretty apparent to, to most anyone who's coming in from the outside and, you know, talking about kind of the, the human uh, connection approach to this, Mickey clearly built that too in, in terms of not just when he got here as an assistant, but especially as an interim head coach. I think that's part of the reason why, despite the wins not coming, I, it looked to me like Nebraska was playing better over these these last six, seven weeks. Guys, a quick note here before we get you out, Brandon. Uh ESPN College Game Day just confirmed that Matt Rule will be on their show this morning to talk about his oh, future wow. as a coach, and uh, <laughs> they are uh, reporting it, uh, saying expected to be Nebraska's next head coach, and Matt Rule will be joining College Game Day later this morning. So, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well. There you go. Yep. There you go. Uh, <laughs> nice breaking news there, Elijah. Hey, yeah, Brandon, before, before we get you out of here, though, um, you know, philosophy-wise, I think you're right. That's a, that's a nice little mesh that it feels like him and Mickey have a pretty similar approach in terms of like, look, it's about relationships and, you know, invest in that, take care of that. I, I just want to get your commentary too on when you look at all the coaches that Nebraska has had since Solich, uh, Matt rule is an outlier in terms of just sort of like attitude, demeanor, you listen to his act at the AFCA coaching convention a couple years ago. I mean, he sounds like a Baptist minister, public speaker type. Like Nebraska has not had a dude like him anywhere within North State. <laughs> like he is a different, different breed. What should Nebraska fans kind of prepare themselves for in terms of just like how he rolls? Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a different level of you know how he engages, I think, with the fan base, with with the media. Um, in some ways, it feels a little bit to me like he's he's kind of Nebraska's first new wave coach, for, for lack of a better term. I mean, you know, Mike Riley was, uh, you know, a, a football lifer 
kind of a, not, not as fiery as say a Bo Pelini or even, you know, as kind of straightforward as, as Scott Frost could be. And, and that rule to me kind of represents a little bit of the new era of, of coaching. It's not kind of the classic archetype and you can still win with the classic archetype. A lot of, a lot of programs do right now. Um, but I do think it's it's turning a page for Nebraska in the the kind of coaching annals that it, it hasn't turned fully to this point. Vogues, we will see you or talk to you maybe a little later <laughs> or uh, for sure next week. But I uh, just retweeted and quote tweeted Pat McAfee uh, on the set of game day. Of course, Columbus, uh, their site, Nebraska, uh, getting the um, – the morning news cycle with uh, uh, with with uh, Matt Rule, and uh, he'll be uh, on set uh, on game day, and uh, we'll we'll have that locked in as well. Vogue's always appreciate you. Incredible work as always, my friend. All right, guys, take care. There he is, Brandon Vogel, joining us here on Hale wow. Varsity, and uh, yep, there's uh, McAfee and all his glory, brother. Get a kick out of him. And, uh, you know, th- th- from a from a timing and a media background standpoint, you'd yeah, the, the story is about the college football playoff in Ohio State and in Michigan today. But it's always nice to kind of slide in and own the morning. Yeah, Nebraska's sliding into those DMs, aren't they? Like they're, you know, <laughs> and, and, and think about it. I mean, look, Michigan, Ohio State, it's always big. I, it's never been bigger, right? You got two mm. top five undefeated Michigan and Ohio State, like that doesn't happen, right? It, you, you hope it happens, you know, if you're Michigan or Ohio State brass or Big Ten brass, but it's actually happening now. Mm-hmm. It, it's gonna, it's gonna set the, it's gonna set the viewership record today, right? Like it's gonna, Michigan Ohio State is gonna be the most watched college football game mm-hmm. on the planet this year, right? It'll be <laughs> maybe ever. It'll be monstrous. It's gonna be huge, right? And Nebraska able to slide its way into that. Good on Trev. Yep. Good on Trev. We'll get to Gary Sharp in a moment. Let's roll. Let's run the rule. Uh, McAfee comments uh, off of ESPN this morning here. And Elijah, you have that pulled up? Yeah, right? I do. I'm already whenever you are. All right, fire away. I love it. I honestly, I think it's a good one. Whenever we were in Boone, North Carolina, Matt Rule was still the Carolina Panthers head coach. Right. We were in Carolina. And I mentioned, like, Matt Rule, I don't know if his job is safe. All of Carolina cheered. Okay, the, the App State fans cheered mm-hmm. for him to get fired and get sent out of the NFL. I think this is great for Matt Rule, too. Yes. Yeah. I love Matt Rule. I love the type of coach he is. Yeah. I love the success he's had. Getting back into college, finding his way yet again. I'm pumped for him. I'm pumped for Nebraska, especially in this NIL world that we're in. Yeah. So, little snippet there. And that's yeah, uh, in a good way. It's some be a sweet advertising. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. Quick timeout, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp with us. Hale Varsity continues, presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code G. 
GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with your weekend edition, Hale Barn City Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Elijah Herbal, as Pat McAfee will be on game day because uh, he's one of the hosts, but I'm thinking Matt Rule on game day uh, this morning. We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, uh, let's go to the ball game reaction. Nebraska hung on. We'll get to the coaching topic in a moment. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Good, sir. Hey, good Saturday morning. Boy, this is a different uh, feel around uh, Husker Nation compared to last Saturday morning. Uh, you know, I, I give credit. So you have a game like that. And even when it was 24-7, how many people went, uh, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. And somehow, some way, Nebraska found a way to win that game. And you know what? It's a good wrap on the season. It doesn't change how the season played out because the season was a failure. Nebraska didn't go to a bowl game. But it wasn't a failure from the standpoint that you had coaches and players that could have really, when you think about it, going into that would have been easy to, you know, things don't go your way. You miss a field goal, uh, and you're like early, and you're like, ah, you know what, not going to be our day. But, man, they just kept making plays, and, and it turned into a fun game, and it was nice to see guys smile. And, you know, there were still warts exposed from game and time management and not being able to run the football. But at the end of the day, that was, that was a win that you feel good about when you wake up today, and you can talk about the win, and then you make the transition to – all right, the future of Nebraska football is staring us in the face with, uh, you know, Matt Rule uh, about to be named the new head coach officially. and He's actually going to be on game day, which might be awkward. He's supposed to be on game day in the 9 o'clock hour. Wow. Yeah, so it's coming right up. Gary Sharp is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. And let's dive into to Matt Rule a little bit. And, you know, you're going to hear from fans in general just like, oh, my God, why is, you know, here we go again. The media is going to hype Matt Rule. I just want to give that disclaimer that we're not hyping him, but we're going to talk about him because he's the next head coach, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, you know. Uh, you you got to talk about him. Would it differ from Osborne's step in English? I'm going to try and interpret. Um, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Let's just move on. We'll get a we'll get a reset uh, with with Mark in a moment. Well, but Gary Sharp's with us. RP, um, uh, just a, a thought from you on uh, what Nebraska has been good at, and, and that is uh, the the fact that they've they've been making coaching changes for two decades. <laughs> well, at, at, at some point you got to get it right. Now you've got a whole new athletic director's crack at it. I, I think here's the thing. I'll be very curious to see how we cover Matt Rule. Not not saying we're not going to hype him, we're going to bash him or whatever. I but, like him. You know, you know, I think we've all kind of gone through this on how we cover coaches, and especially the most recent head coach. So I'm wondering in the media if that changes how we, we cover a head coach. 
But I will say this. If you, if you were wondering why Matt Rule was the guy, I'm also wondering the same thing about the timeline. Was Matt Rule the guy last year, and Trev has always kept an eye on him, thinking this guy isn't going to last in Carolina. He's not going to make it through three years. He's going to be available. He's going to be our guy. Or is there people, and, and, and there was, and I know this for a fact, there were some people that didn't turn down the job because there was only one person offered the job officially, and that's Matt Rule. There were just people that elected not to go through with the process, even though Nebraska had an eye on them. And I mean, Trev had a large pool. He had about 25 candidates that he has narrowed down to six, and then he narrowed it down to Matt Rule. But I think when you get through this and you try and figure out why Matt Rule, guys, this is how it happens. You look at what has ailed Nebraska football over the past 10, 15 years. It has been culture. It has been building a program that just keeps getting better and better and just either maintains or goes up another level. What has Matt Rule done at Temple and at Baylor? He's a guy that comes in and builds a culture and builds a program. So those are two things. If you're Trev Alberts and you know your program pretty well, you're like, okay, i got to have that. He's also he's a guy that loves to hit. They're going to hit in practice. They're going to be physical. They're not just going to preach it. They're going to play it. He did that at Temple and Baylor. And then I think another thing about the football stuff is – this was a big issue this season as Trev watched this football team play, and he listened to other people and their comments about Nebraska is, man, that team isn't very fast. Well, if you go and look at Matt Rule and his staff that he put together at both places and what they recruited, they were big on speed, and Nebraska had lack of speed this year. And I think those are kind of some of the things that from the football stuff and the, and the inside the building stuff that put Matt Rule ahead of some of the other candidates. Gary Sharps with us, Iron Horse at Tail Varsity Radio Weekend, presented by Currency. Elijah is feeding uh, more quarters into the computer. He will be back with us. Mark Rainack, you can maybe see him on StreamYard, but he can't get us because the mother computer is uh, on the fret. So, Sharpie, it's just you and me, cowboy, which is fine. Um, you know, you, you mentioned speed. You mentioned the, the process from Trev, how he started wide and then narrowed down. Tell me a little bit about their uh, relationship and, and just the, the personality match, or if there is one, between Trev and, and Matt Rule. And again, uh, Matt Rule will be on game day here a little bit after 9 a.m. But just how those two, you would think, have been able to connect moving forward. Well, that, that I don't know, other than it's probably two guys that speak the same kind of language when it comes to football, what you need to be successful before you get on the field. Um, I imagine they connected on that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think maybe Matt Rule, uh, you know, what, what I've read about him is that he's a grinder. You know, he kind of checks all the boxes that Trev wanted. Um, but let's be honest here. I don't care if it's Matt Rule, Matt Campbell, or – you know, uh, Matt Damon, the lift on Nebraska football is large. I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy to lift this program up because you got to recruit your roster. You got to build a staff. You got to learn the conference. I mean, there's a lot of things here. So, so it's okay to be excited about Matt rule. It's also okay to be like, eh, you know what? I'll wait and see. Those are all fine to do, but for the sake of Nebraska football, they made a hire. Now they got to move forward, but it's it's going to be a challenge. I mean, he's used to these challenges. That's another part of why I think Matt Rule is Trev's guy. 
is because you look at Temple, what he took over. Hell, look at what he did at Baylor. I mean, he walked into the worst situation in college football with, I mean, sexual, uh, all the stuff that was going on at Baylor. And he turned him around pretty quick. So I, I think he's a guy that's built for the lift, but there is no denying that this is going to be a challenge to lift this program to where it should be, that never again should they be playing on a Black Friday and that be the end of the season. That they just, that's the end of the season, the season's over, turning your equipment on Saturday. That cannot happen again. You can't go six years without a bowl game. Is, is, do you expect Mickey Joseph to get retained? So that's a great question, Mark, because let me ask you this. Did you get a sense yesterday that he, he's, he said all the right things, that, yeah, I want to be here, I want to help? I don't know. There was a part of me yesterday that listened to him, and I thought, man, Mickey might not be here next year. And, and here's the tricky part is you can't, you can't just say, hey, I'm hiring you. you got to take on this guy who is really, really popular in the locker room that is an interim head coach, held everybody together. He has this knowledge of the team that could be good for you, but what do you want to do? I don't know. Yesterday was one of those things at the postgame, and maybe it was just the emotions of a victory like that and this long stretch of 10 weeks just coming to an end that, you know, Mickey was like, I, I just want to go and sit on my couch. So I don't know that it's a guarantee. I think it would be, you know, it would be beneficial definitely for Nebraska football. But this is all about the new head coach. If the new head coach doesn't want Mickey Joseph, then the new head coach doesn't take Mickey Joseph. But if he sees some value in Mickey, in what he does as a football coach and as a person, then I think it's a slam-dunk marriage that you can move forward and you can navigate players going, man, I wanted Mickey, and now I got this guy. Man, Mickey did this when he was the interim head coach. You know, if you can, if you can overcome some of those things, I, I think you can have a nice little marriage. But I don't think it's guaranteed. Just a quick update here for uh, Saturday morning. If uh, the experience on college game day wasn't confirmation enough, we now have confirmation from Ian Rappaport that the deal between Matt Rule and Nebraska has been agreed to, and he'll be the next Nebraska head coach. So uh, that is official, officially official. Wow. 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 Uh, yeah, Gary, I mean, look, we, we, we've been talking about this for a long time, right? Like, who's the yeah. next coach going to be? Who's the next coach going to be? And Matt Rule um, has been rumored and now being confirmed. He is the next head coach in Nebraska. Um, you know, t- your, <laughs> your impressions now that it's official? Uh, well, I mean, it's... I, I want to listen to how they got to Matt Rule. Like, when did Matt Rule hop on the radar? Was it Matt Rule was on the radar last year? Was he on the radar immediately? Like, what led the path to Trev saying, Matt Rule is our guy, and it's the only guy we're going to offer the job to? Um, you know, it's going to draw some attention. I mean, he's, he's, got a, he's got a really good personality. And, you know, he's kind of, after the time in Carolina, he went away. He went over to Ireland. Um, spent some time with his family. You know, a lot of people thought he'd sit out. I, I, I wonder if he'll say, "Hey, my kids were telling me you got to get back in it, Dad. You got to. You're a coach. You got to get back in it." And so that kind of you know left the door open for him. But he's been on Good Morning Football uh, this week, and you see his personality. I, I think he's a guy that loves talking football. The people I know at, in Waco that, that that worked with him said he's really personable. Um, he, 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 you can tell why he's a good recruiter. It probably opens the door back for Nebraska in the state of Texas. You know, I just think 
you know, we're all going to kind of listen closely and watch. And, and again, I, I think when, Mark, when you were disconnected, Schmini and I were talking. Will we cover the Nebraska football coach differently than we've ever covered a coach before? Because a little bit of us were maybe burned with Scott Frost. Maybe we were too, gosh, you want this to work so badly that you'll talk about things and overlook things, um, thinking they'll get better. You know, will we give Matt Rule some more, uh, longer leash or a shorter leash? Those are all things that will be curious for me from my standpoint to look at. But, you know, I mean, it's going to be – it's a good day. Nebraska hired a football coach. Um, the search got to Matt Rule. There's a reason why Matt Rule is the new coach at Nebraska. He's got a hell of a job. I mean, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, I think we'll all we'll be very curious when they announce it and if they have a you know, press conference tomorrow or Monday or whatever it's going to be. But then it'll be what's the staff going to look like? Will it include mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph? Will it include some other guys that are on this staff? What's the roster going to look like? Are guys going to stay? Is it all of a sudden going to be somebody pulled the fire alarm and there they go? And then, of course, Friday, you can get on the road recruiting. There is the dead period until Friday. So between now and Friday, Nebraska's got to put some bodies together to get out on the road. And it would be unfair for guys that are on the current staff to say, hey, before we figure out who's going to take your spot, can you go out there and recruit? So get ready. It's going to be a wild, wild couple of weeks here. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Radio, weekend edition, Ian Rappaport. Uh, tweeting out the deal done, Matt Rule to Nebraska. Uh, official announcement uh, coming shortly. We'll continue our coverage here this morning. Uh, we do have Ohio State, Michigan scheduled to be on the air, so we'll uh, get you updated. Sharpie, real quick, is there a, a, a wild card or two on this roster you think could be a surprise return for next year for Nebraska? Player. Uh, well, I, I thought you were going to ask me a different question. I think the number one guy on the roster that they have to figure out and say, hey, you good, is A.J. Allen. Because A.J. Allen is the best running back they have right now, even more than the guy that got the most carries yesterday. Um, you know, keep an eye. Uh, there's no guarantee that Casey is going to come back. What if, what if the new head coach, Matt Rule, and his offensive coordinator say, hey, we have a guy. You're going to be 25. Um, you know, I think Trey Palmer is probably off to the NFL. Garrett Nelson is somebody that I would keep an eye on. Maybe even O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, that's why, you know, the next couple of days are going to be really, really interesting. They're scheduled to have a team meeting on Monday. Now, they could move that up if Matt Rule is in Lincoln and, you know, everybody is still on campus or coming back from Thanksgiving um, to meet tomorrow. Um, but they're going to have to have some quick meetings with guys, and the guys are going to have to make some decisions on what they're going to do because the portal gets going on the 4th and the 5th. So, I don't know. It's gonna, it, it'll be a very fluid situation, but there will probably be a surprise, somebody that will leave, and then there will probably be a surprise of somebody that stays. I know that's terrible radio, but that's how it is all the time. But Garrett Nelson's a guy that I'll keep a close eye on because I wonder what he is getting told about his NFL future, or he wants to come back because he thinks one more year I can get to where I want to be, and that is into a bowl game and have a winning season. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, we appreciate you giving us time as, as news breaks this morning, my friend, and uh, we'll see uh, where the future takes things with the uh, world of Nebraska football, man. <laughs> well, here you know, here's the thing is we've done this a lot, and mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully we're not doing this again in five years, that somehow, some way <laughs> that this works and 
Nebraska football is back because I will tell you, after, after seeing all the fans in Iowa City, everybody needed a day like yesterday. And this fan base just is so, they're so hungry to have something that Saturdays matter. And it's time for that to, to happen. Because if it doesn't happen, you start drifting away further and further. And, and there comes a point where you can't get them back. So, you know, we've, we've done this way too often around here. Hopefully this is the one that works and moves Nebraska football forward. It's uh, it's well overdue <laughs> to, yeah. to get it right. Sharpie, take care, brother. Have a great weekend, and we'll, we'll check in with you soon. Hey, thanks, guys, for ruling the day. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, God, here they come, right? There he goes, the ruling puns. the day. Gary Sharp with us. So Elijah is giving me the eye. We're going to take a, a short timeout. We'll get you to Sports Center at 9. We'll continue coverage. Ian Rappaport reporting the deal done. Nebraska and Matt Rule uh, are a reality, and game day gets going at 9. We may even be able to tap into that uh, since we're an ESPN affiliate. And uh, when Rule makes his uh, presence known in Columbus, uh, maybe bring some of that to you as well. But uh, a quick timeout. We're gonna make a coffee. we're gonna make a new live stream for those watching along with the live stream. We're gonna make a new live stream, so check that out on Twitter, on Facebook. Gonna get that a few different places, and uh, we're gonna keep rolling with the Matt Rule reaction at nine o'clock. Yep, we're extended coverage continues here with uh, ESPN Lincoln and Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.